Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, the Monday after a grand final, the time to give your impressions, the reflections, the hot takes. We've got everything from across the day on the biggest names on our station and how they viewed Melbourne's historic grand final win. Of course, time on's your say on the news of the day, so let's get stuck into that. Uh, yes, indeed. Good evening to you. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can, wherever you've been spending it, however you've been spending it. It's wonderful to have you on board. Uh, whoever you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, that number to have your say on the news of the day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 And uh, as we like to do, as we're just trying to get ever so much closer to that magic number, we... Just wouldn't mind thanking the uh, the real freedom fighters. Anyone who got a test today, anyone who got vaccinated today, all the frontline workers, you are all stars. Um, and hopefully we are not far away from hitting that magical vaccination number. But the Monday after a grand final, what a day it is. And, and it's just been absolutely brilliant listening to every single one of you who called in today, especially the D's fans who shared their stories, how they were able to take in Saturday night, where they were, how they felt, what it means, how long they've been waiting, their history of supporting Melbourne. It's just been a beautiful day uh, on the station. So thanks to you if you did call in today and, and thanks in advance if you're about to call in Today, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your say on the news of the day: zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I reckon the bulk of this hour is going to be about the reaction to the grand final result on Saturday night in Perth. And uh, after seven o'clock, we go in to uh, trade radio evening. So every bit of trade news that is up for discussion and has been discussed throughout the day on trade radio. Uh, I'll update you on all of that between 7 and 8. So in the meantime, we're going to work our way through the reaction from the station today uh, and anything that's making news off the back of the grand final today. And I'd love you uh, to jump on board. 0433981116 is the temper text line. Temper, a mattress like no other. Um, No better place to start than with Gary Lyon, who uh, joined about halfway through breakfast this morning. Uh, great job from Hutto uh, filling in for him. But Gary Lyon's role in this, which came about, and he's been incredibly humble in it uh, throughout the whole journey. But it just, 
I've spoken to a couple of Melbourne fans who felt like they were able to live it through him. So lifelong Melbourne supporters who felt like vicariously they were able to, I suppose, go along for the ride with him being there and how how important that was for so many of them. So this was him talking to Hutto and Tim this morning about what it meant to hand over that Premiership Cup to Simon Goodwin and Max Gorn. Yeah, it was great. I just stood there like a little kid. Um, <laughs> you just imagine any Melbourne supporter being lucky enough and privileged enough to stand and get, you know, to see it all at close quarters and the emotion and everything else and, um, yeah, handing that over something I'll remember forever. Did it affect you in the way that you anticipated or thought that it would affect you? Was it better? Better. It's better. It's just a sense that it's... You know, this is done and, and no one can take it away from you and you're looking at these blokes who are going to be... Prim- yeah, they're premiership players for the rest of their lives. It doesn't matter what else happens to them. So they're premiership players and for the club, you know, it's um, it's just such a big, significant day and there's there's a relief mixed in with the emotion of just how thrilled you are for them all and uh, they're in great shape, that footy club. Gee whiz, I've just, you know, I've, I've spent some time with Gary Purdo over the last week or so and, you know, all of a sudden the team that's battled and struggled with, you know, financially and all sorts of things, they're in good nick. Uh, they certainly are. A little bit later we might even go through just uh, how well they... Melbourne have so often been the brunt of, uh, I suppose, uh, a bit of ridicule about some of the decisions they've made at the trade and the draft table. But when we look at the side that they've put together... They're on the, the positive side of that ledger now. They've, they've made some mistakes over the years, but when you look at the decisions they made for the players that they brought in and how many of them were not only part of that 22 but pivotal in that 22 or 23, um, they really that is really a feather in the cap of, of, of that department, uh, of the football, uh, of the overall football department. And uh, Gary Lyon went on to talk about um, what he was able to, the experience he was able to have celebrating with the team for a little bit on the ground once everybody had left. I think that was very much, uh, if they were good enough to win, that they weren't going anywhere in a hurry. And um, when everyone had sort of gone and lights were sort of down a bit, they just wandered out took some eskies out and a few pizzas and had the music blaring and boys pulled some cigars out and yeah I, I was lucky to be there for a while and it was as good a couple of hours as you could have they were just so happy um you know I just was sat with Adam Uze and we talked the game through and I just kept peppering him with questions about these kids you know what they were like and who this bloke you know and got a great insight into where they're at and now I think that's the that, that's the best moment. And then they went off and went crazy in the middle of Perth somewhere. I don't know where that was. Um, and they're still going. They're still going strong. But no, great. That was a great thrill and a great moment. It, it certainly was. In and the amount of stories, the feel good stories. We spoke about this last week when I asked you who's going to be the real feel good story out of this. Who are the ones that are going to pull on the heartstrings a little? Who are going to be the ones that provide the the, the, the tearjerker moments and there's a ton of them wherever you look so oh, I'd love you to share with me just the, the, the story that captured your heart and mind because that's really what sport is isn't it it's hearts and minds at the end of the day that's what we in, that's why we invest because it captures our heart and you know a, a, and enthralls our mind and, and stimulates our mind because we love the game so much and we're passionate about it hearts and minds is 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 such a key uh, and so crucial and central to what our experience of sport is so what were the hearts and minds moments that really grabbed you and you don't have to be a d's fan to have got in i found myself getting emotional watching a, a lot of that game and i think 
maybe that was because I was thinking of, you know, some of my close mates who, are, you know, are all 40 or around that mark. And this is the first premiership they've ever been able to see their team win. Uh, and I knew how special it was. Um, for them, and I also knew how they'd be missing each other because they weren't able to really be together for it. But um, having got around to most of them, and to hear how much it meant, and the relief, and the emotion, and and you've probably got a story exactly the same. You, we've all got a, a couple of D's mates that have long been the butt of all jokes, um, have long, <laughs> long, long been suffering. Um, you know, embarrassed to say the team that they support. You know they're now they're now at the top of the tree. They're 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 premiership members and fans and supporters and um and that's what they'll be for another three hundred and sixty uh, odd days. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you if you want to give me the the stories that captured your heart and mind uh, out of it, there were so many of them, and you tell me the ones that really resonated with you. Uh, Enzo's on the road. G'day, Enzo. Hey, Sammy. <laughs> Hello, mate. Yeah, we've even more celebrations. We've got just uh, can't be not excited as a Demon supporter. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've never been embarrassed to be a Demon supporter, no matter when, not even when we had the worst coach in the world in Mark Neild. Uh, always had faith that uh, that could turn it around uh, eventually. Um, I want to, my, my stories are, my, the players that I want to single out is Neil Bullen, uh, Charlie Spargo, Jack Viney, Tom McDonald. I... You're not a Melbourne supporter, but if you're a Melbourne supporter and you're on um, Demon Forums, the amount of abuse and put-downs and whippings that these particular players have gotten, like Spargo, oh, he's too short, he's slow, he can't kick over 30 metres, you know, shouldn't be on the list. Um, you know, Viney, he can't hit a target, you know, just gets holding the ball all the time. He just, we should trade him away as soon as possible. Uh, Tom McDonald, you know, he can't kick. Uh, Neil Bullen, oh, he just runs his head off. All he does is run, uh, he's always been a big runner, he'd run 20 kilometres a game, and people are like, oh, he just runs around with his chook over his, uh, just like a chook without his head on, just runs around and turns the ball over. And these particular players have uh, always defended these players. Um, they're the stories, and they're, they're the real reason. You've got your Petrarchus, you've got your, and your Brayshaw as well. Brayshaw's gotten a, a lot of flack too, and a bit of whipping, whipping boy too about uh, with with him. Um, uh, and you know, Oliver Petrarca are the reason why they're, they're the big reason why we won the game. But the players that I mentioned before that they are the base of the cake, and uh, Oliver and uh, Petrarca is the cream. And uh, you know, Bailey Fritch just uh, no, you know. Uh, they were, for too long, he was played in the back line and the sideways, and everybody was saying, just play him forward. And I think halfway through 2019, they put him, threw him up forward, and then he's never looked back since. And since from that point on, uh, Goody finally clicked, and he said, hey, Fitch, he, he's a forward. He don't play nowhere else because he's a gun. So they're the, they're the big takeaways for the... Um, they're my biggest takeaways for the D side, those players. Those players that uh, the foundation. They're the foundation of the club. Those players that I mentioned, Jack Viney. Jack Viney's the foundation of the club. He's, uh, you know, got it in there and when it was the hard times and stuck around. And, and of course, Nathan Jones, unfortunately, couldn't play, but he was there and uh, they. he taught all of them. He taught all those... Um, he taught all those players, Brayshaw, Gorn and Petrarca, he taught them how to be professional footballers. He's got to be given credit. He... 
you know, they said that every player when they first came to the club for truck, uh, Nathan Jones would greet them and uh, he would be the first person they saw. And he, he guided them. He, he taught them all to be professional athletes in that club. That's, uh, you know, he's the biggest, well, probably the biggest reason why the team uh, is a premiership team uh, right now. Uh, I love it, Enzo. Thank you, mate. And I'm wrapped for you. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Uh, a mate of mine sent me a video. Uh, they're down in Inverloch, and uh, in his neighbourhood, there's a his his part his his, his wonderful wife Nicole has uh, filmed the video of of the the people in the neighbourhood. The barrier for the D's are all social distancing, but they're all outside, and there's about twenty of them singing um, the the, uh, the the D's song. Um, there's little things like that that I've been being able to see throughout the last few days, which have just been f- phenomenal. And and I think that's when I was watching it, that's where my that's where my mind went was to and it, how obviously it's great for the players, great for the club and everything like that. But I really did go to you, the the the, the Melbourne fan and the Melbourne member. Just it, it can be, and especially those in Melbourne who weren't able to be there and in lockdown and what it, and and all of that that comes in it. But it, it's it's a long long time, and it's it sounds. You know, pretty basic to say, but it is such a long time. It, it, I'm lucky that I've barracked for Hawthorne since I was five, so I'm I've been incredibly lucky throughout that journey. But there are people that just have never ever got to experience it, and um, and obviously there's plenty, there's some other clubs that haven't been able to in their lifetime. But this is just, I was just so happy um, for Melbourne fans, like I was happy for Dogs fans in 2016, like I'll be happy for Saints fans when hopefully they can. Um, in that drought as well, but it was that's where I found myself going to was was obviously it's great for the club, great for the players, and it was rap for all of them. But but for the for the fans and for the members, I just thought it was just brilliant. Uh, Tom's in Eildon. G'day, Tom. Yeah, g'day, Sam. Um, oh, a bit of a bit of pill to swallow on Saturday, to be honest. But um, I couldn't be more happier for D's fans. I got a lot of friends and family that are long-supporting D's fans, so very happy for them. But I just, like, on the themes that you were talking about, I just thought the last couple of weeks to see the way that uh, Adam Trelaw's turned his game around and really uh, stepped up has been, like, such a huge sign of courage. For everything that he goes through, not only as a professional footballer, but, like, in his personal life and, and that as well, which he's quite public with. But it's just been... I've just been reflecting a bit on it today and it's just been a bit disappointing with some of the commentary around the dogs. I mean, Melbourne, that's probably one of the best um, displays of football, all-round football I've seen um, ever. And I'm I'm certainly not the only one to have said that. And I don't think you have three weeks of absolute class football from the dogs and get there and it be a disappointment. And, like, this list has got so much to grow on. Um, and like, it was just, it was, uh, I sort of sat back in shock, I reckon on Saturday, but just, um, it was a bit emotional towards the end to see people like, uh, Adam and then like, you know, you know, people that put so much time and effort and sacrifice into a season. And, um, like I know in my heart that they'll come back better, but, um, just some of that commentary and like, we know who, who, I don't need to name names or anything like that, but. Um, I just felt like it was um, it's it, it's kind of just feeling personal agendas, not actually reporting what it actually was. 
if if that makes sense. Um, uh, Tom, yeah. I, I, I hear you. And, and, and one of the things I love is that you've rung up, which I think just shows your good nature and, um, and your graciousness in, in defeat. And it was very similar to how Sydney fans were to the Dogs fans in 2016 by and large. And we've had, you know, a lot of reports about that. Um, from the, you know, Sydney knew what it meant to go through that kind of drought. Theirs was over 70 years. They understood what it meant for the Dogs fans that day and were incredibly generous. And I love the fact that the Dogs fans that were there in Perth all stayed around to see, you know, those celebrations unfold and to be there for the cup presentation. And I think they gave back to the D's fans exactly what the Swans fans gave to them. I think I accidentally said Saints fans, apologies. Um, but the Swans, what the Swans fans were... To the Dogs fans, the Dogs fans, it seemed to me, absolutely were to the Melbourne fans uh, on the weekend, which is just a beautiful thing. Um, you're right, you'll be back. Um, incredible effort to, to come back after where you're at at quarter time to be 19 points up, and you've been blown away by the best 40 minutes of football ever played. I mean, that's essentially, at the end of the day, that's that's what's happened. You, you, you've, you've come up against a side that is the fittest team in the competition. You guys have had to do it the hard way, unfortunately, and you should be able to hold your heads up high and be proud. Um, but you've been beaten by the most awesome 40 minutes of football that the game has ever seen. I was at the MCG in 2014 to see Hawthorne demolish Sydney, but that was across four quarters, and, you know, Sydney were never in it. From the opening, from the moment the, the first ball was bounced, I think... Um, from, you know, actually Sydney got the first goal that day to Kennedy. After that, it was all Hawthorne. You, you never had a look in after that. But Melbourne had to come not once but twice, three times to, to get this job done. And when they did it, they did it in a way that we've never, ever seen done before. They defied the the, the maths, the footy maths. Lee Matthews, a goal a minute <laughs> equation has just been shattered after three goals in 45 seconds. So, you know... If you're going to, I suppose if you are going to get beaten, no one wants to be beaten by 74 points, but at least you can say that to be able to beat you, they had to play the best 40 minutes of football ever played. So maybe that's some solace for, for Dogs fans. I don't know. Uh, 1-300-736-736. Tony, Jack, Ross, Dan, get straight to you on the other side of this. Time on. I certainly am a happy man, Dwayne. Um, gee, what a, what a performance it was from our boys. It was... Um, they had the heart racing there for a little while in that third quarter, but um, gee, when they exploded, they really exploded. It was it was awesome to awesome to watch. Have you seen footy played that well by any team ever in that patch where Melbourne dominated? It it was so brutal. It was un, unfathomable, really. Um, yeah, the way that they sort of barnstormed their way through the middle of the ground, the stoppage work. Was was phenomenal, and then, gee, you know, with a minute a minute to play, we're, we're one goal up. And by the end of the quarter of the third quarter, we're four goals up. It was, uh, yeah, it's unexplainable how how that sort of period of dominance and um, oh, they were they were amazing. D's games record holder David Neitz, uh, the former skipper, on with Dwayne Russell early today. SEN.com.au to hear the full chat of that, but. From the 16.34-minute mark of the third term, we're talking about that 40 minutes of footy, 100 points to seven in that time, 16 goals to one, as we know. They were plus 51 for scores from stoppages, plus 15 for inside 50s, plus 25 in contested possessions. And it is a great conversation too. When have you seen footy played better? I mean, if that's not the best 40 minutes of footy um, that I've seen, I don't know what is. And as I say, you know, there's been dominant grand final displays 
There's been, you know, 07, the Cats uh, over Port Adelaide, 2019, the Tigers over the Giants. But this sort of came out of nowhere. You know, the, the Bulldogs were 19 points up and Melbourne... They looked. I don't don't want, don't want to say they looked shot because we know they're the fittest team in the comp, but they certainly looked bereft of answers. And then all of a sudden, they just found something else. And Christian Petrarca was the catalyst of it. The forward line was the beneficiaries. I mean, that those three goals in the forty-five seconds. You know, Christian Petrarca, I think, had fifteen score involvements, and he got the two clearances there. He got the dribbler himself, the Cosy Pickett Shepherd. I mean, it was just as. <sighs> I, I, the, the, I don't have the adjectives. I don't have the superlatives to sum up what that what that actually was. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. At one three hundred seven three six seven three six, Jackson Ringwood. Good day, Jack. Sammy, how you going? I'm well, thank you. Oh, Sammy, it's a pleasure. Love your work. Love where your head's at. But first time caller, first <laughs> time prem, prem viewer. Um, you know, I was born in 97. I can't remember the 2000 granny. Unfortunately, I was still working at Colours. But thick and thin, my friend. The thick hurt, but the thin, feel, the thin feels unreal. You know, I think like a lot of your, your listeners, uh, the lead up to the granny was, you know, stressful. I read The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. I read The Show Will Go On by Angelina Ballerina. Then I read It's uh, by Maxi Gorn. It's a grand old flag. It's a high-flying flag. Pick 34 and 09 to now Premiership captain. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's a feel-good story in itself. But the real yeah. feel-good story for me and, and many of our fans was the blood test from Prajaka after the finals when they didn't find oil or, or diesel in there. He is human. It is crazy, but he is human. I guess it was just reassurance. But, um, you know, supposedly they found some blue in there as well because he bleeds it. He bleeds red and blue. But what a weekend. What a show. I think the beauty of it for all our fans is we have till, I think, March or April before it starts again. But uh, just sort of call up and say, it is a grand old flag, my friend. It is a grand old flag. Jack, thank you very much for calling, mate. I appreciate it. I, we went for a walk today with one of my really good mates, um, Thumper. And uh, he's uh, been a D's fan his whole life. His whole family are D's fans. His um, old man sadly passed away six months ago um, and um, unfortunately wasn't able to see it. And he wasn't able to be with his family given um, lockdown and, and COVID restrictions. And his two best mates through school, they are both D's supporters as well. He wasn't able to be with them either. But he just spoke about the relief today and how he thinks he'll enjoy next year a lot more now that they've actually got the win. Um, he's he's really looking to enjoy football again uh, next year. Um, let's keep working through your calls. Uh, and I, I, another, it's a great point too about you know how, where the game was won and lost. And I spoke to another. He did get to watch it with one other um, good mate of ours that lives uh, not far from him uh, in uh, in the neighbourhood that we live in. And uh, they're both these lifelong D's fans. And I said to him, what? What, when, where was it won or lost for you? And he said it was actually won in round 23 when they came back against Geelong and Max kicked the goal after the siren. He said because that was the belief. And then I think everybody believed um, that no matter what situation they found themselves in, they'd be able to get away out of it. Uh, it was a good point. Uh, well made. Uh, Tony's in queue. G'day, Tony. G'day, Sam. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm a, a massive Demons fan. Uh, surprise, surprise. I mean, all the Demons fans seem to be ringing in and favouring any minute. but. I've been to so many grand finals, it's not funny, and every single grand final I've stayed to the end in terms of all the celebrations and the players running around, uh, look, the joy on their faces. I've never felt bitter once towards any club that's won a premiership. Mm. Um, 
but I have felt envious. There's no question about that. Yep. And I, I can remember, you know, when Sydney broke the drought after 73 years, um, it was an amazing experience to be there. And I just felt so, you know, so overjoyed for that club. And now it's our turn. How does that feel, Tony? Incredible. Yeah. How did you feel in the moment? Um, it's hard to put into words. Um, it was enormous relief and so proud. Well, Tony, I'm wrapped for you. Enjoy it. Thank you for sharing with how you feel and, and how it was for you with us. Uh, that's what this station is all about. That's what we exist for. So thank you very much. These are the great days um, to do what we do and, and to be able to celebrate uh, the game in its truest and purest form. And uh, it is a, a great time, um, is grand finals and, and what they mean and what they stand for. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day. The biggest news is really the grand final and the wash-up from it. So... Please keep calling in one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll be back on the other side of this. Uh, welcome back to Time On one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your say on the news of the day, and really, it's all about the grand final result and your reaction to it, and the reaction from on across the station throughout the day. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The turning point's an interesting one, isn't it? About where that was. David Neitz was asked that by Dwayne Russell today, and had this to say. Yeah, we've watched, we've watched a few replays. We still can't <laughs> quite work it out. But, um, um, look, I think obviously the dogs were – it was really worrying there for a period of time. We we couldn't wrestle back the momentum of the game. Um, the, go- the dogs were starting to get to, you know, chip it around, uncontested marks, playing the game on their terms. Um, and I guess it was that, that sort of stoppage where I think Viney gets a hand in, uh, James Harms gets his hand in and – what a gather it was from him and um, kicks it out to Fritch and, and he sort of stands up and slots it. Um, I, I guess that gave the boys a bit of belief and and from there the, the guys in the centre bounce just went to work and um, Luke Jackson was was superb, I thought. Um, not his, not just his ruck work, but his follow-up was great um, and, and allowed sort of Christian and Clayton and Jack to really, really go to work. They were, they were amazing out of the middle there. Um, and then everyone had a role, you know. Fritch, Fritch was superb. Um, Tom McDonald probably didn't have a massive night, but a really important moment where he shepherded that ball over the line. Um, yeah, just some amazing moments in that period of the game. Uh, David Needs speaking to Dwayne Russell a little earlier, and Dwayne was really... Uh, in full voice, had had just a lot of praise for the six 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 rule and the role that he played in that grand final, and really for the finals. And and it just it, it means that you still have to win the game. You can't save it. That's what the six 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 rule uh, has done. You, you've got to you've got to still compete to win the game rather than save the game. And when we've got a rule that allows that, then we're going to see finishes like that. Um, we're going to see the possibilities. Uh, that unfold from never really being out of it. If you just back in your system and, and believe that you can reassert yourself uh, in the middle of the ground, then what can happen? And that's a great example of what can happen uh, because of the 666 rule. Uh, so that's a real big winner for the day. And uh, David Neat speaking about the role of Luke Jackson. Gary Lyon said that Luke Jackson changed the direction of the game. And 
Um, he wasn't Robinson Crusoe there. I mean, Christian Petrarca's performance might be one of the most dominant that we've seen in a grand final uh, as the Norm Smith medalist. Unanimous, he was voted in. But the thing was, wasn't it, that... And, and if you're a Melbourne fan, what you would have to be so proud of was that they just refused to be another cautionary tale. They refused to be another sad story in, in the club's history that over the last 57 years has had a lot of them. And they've all been referenced and we know the history behind them. And Max Gorn spoke to those things and, you know, whether it be what's happened off-field tragedy or, or what's going on on-field. They just refused to be another statistic. They refused to be another footnote in history. They refused to be defined by the past, but rather... They were defined by the figures of their past, and that's where they drew the inspiration from. So that was something that stood out for me. It was just we will not be another sad sob story for the Melbourne Football Club. It stops now. And that 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 was the really impressive and sort of awe-inspiring part of it uh, as well. Ross is in East Melbourne. G'day, Ross. Yeah, g'day, Sam. Yeah, I, um, I go for Collingwood, but I've got plenty of Melbourne fans uh, that are mates, and uh, I reckon like, probably the just seeing how happy they've been over the last sort of few days and few weeks, even sort of watching the ride from afar just sort of makes me sort of, uh, you know, makes me feel happy about the romance that's still in footy. And I reckon that mm. um, probably the, the best one was a family friend, probably about mid-50s, and I'm in sort of my mid to... I'm 27. This bloke's probably, yeah, mid to late 50s. And at the start of the year, he was sort of joking, saying, like, look... You know, I've kind of given up Melbourne winning a flag in my lifetime. I've just got three kids that are sort of in their you know early teens and a little bit younger than that, and I just want that. I just want them to see a flag in their lifetime. So six months later, the same blokes, you know, he's on cloud nine. These kids are absolutely, uh, absolutely, you know, enthralled by what they've seen over this last season. So I reckon, you know, the romance is still in footy, and that's something that uh, we should all remember. But yeah, I just like to say. One particular bloke, Jake Bowie, like, bloke's played seven games of league footy. He looks like he's probably going to play another 250. He's probably in the best five kicks in the AFL. Um, and I think it's just absolutely sensational. It says great stories everywhere. But, yeah, even from the momentum point of view, Luke Jackson, easily easily the difference in the third quarter. Um, but yeah, I just thought that it was just, it's just amazing. And then even listening to Jared this morning, some of the people that were calling him crying, it was like mm. hard not to get emotional for that as well. So. Yeah, absolutely, Ross. Beautifully said, mate. And you're not the only one there wanting to, to share um, and congratulate that uh, from supporters from other clubs. Mark in Essen says, I'm a Tigers man, lived through the lean years, and I wanted the D's fans to experience what I've experienced in recent years. And I agree, I want the Saints fans to experience it next. It's wonderful. Congrats. That's from Mark in Essen. And just, just uh, the generosity of spirit that's come from this uh, is a nice, is a pretty nice thing as well, isn't it? Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, off the temper text. Bowie seven games, a premiership player. He'd only played six. I think Jack Graham for the Tigers had only played five. Marlon Pickett obviously debuted on Grand Final day, but the D's had spoken a lot this year about trust. So to be able to establish that trust in the last six games of the year, when you're in your first ever year of footy for Bowie. That's a great story as well, and one that deserves uh, plenty of praise. Uh, Dan's in Rye. G'day, Dan. G'day, Sam. Um, yeah, look, uh, I'm just an ecstatic D's fan. And if you look at that 10 minutes in the third quarter and look at the four players Melbourne had in there, 
you had a number two pick, you had a number four pick, a number three pick in the draft, and Jack Viney, who would have gone top five in his year. It's such a big mm. tick for our competition and our code that if you, you, you do make the right decisions and you do have good administration and you pick the right players, you can turn things around. And there's an unsung hero who hasn't really been spoken about in recent days, and that's Jason Taylor, who's Melbourne's head of recruiting. And he was responsible for some very bold moves during drafts, moving up the draft order to get Oliver, moving up the draft order to get Pickett. So that guy, he was the architect of Collingwood's flag and he's been absolutely pivotal in, in what's, uh, what's happened on Saturday as well. Yeah, great call, Dan, and you're 100% right. And they've often, as I said before, been pilloried for the decisions they've made at the draft, and, and they still, you know, there's, there's still D's fans that look at Dustin Martin and think what might have been uh, when they had the top two picks in that 09 draft. But what they got out of the 09 draft in the end was Max Gorn. Um, and then, you know, in 2010, they get Tom McDonald. In 2012, they get Viney. 2013, they got Salem. And, and again, cop criticism for that because they they traded pick two. But they also got Harms in that year. And they also got Jaden Hunt and Neville Jetta, who, despite not playing, have played a lot of footy for them. 2015, they get Oliver. 2017, they get Spargo, Fritch, Petty. 2018, they get Sparrow. They get Jordan. 2019, Jackson, Pickett, Rivers. And then 20. 20 was Bowie. In that 2014 draft class, Petrarca, Brayshaw, Neil Bourne. Um, that's, and then you talk about it's not just the drafting, it's the trading, who you recruit in. So May, Lever, Langdon, Brown, Tomlinson, Hibbert. Um, yeah, they've done, they've done brilliantly. And um, the ultimate proof in the pudding is the premiership medal uh, around the neck. Steve's in Sunbury. G'day, Steve. Hey, how you going? Oh. That last call of a spot on with Jason Taylor. Full credit to him, mate. Yeah. What he brought in. Yeah. But I just wanted to tell my story. I, I, I just couldn't believe it, mate. I was so emotional uh, Saturday night. Like, um, followed him all my life. Yeah. Been a member probably three quarters of my life. And, and, and you know, just my father, his reaction to it, my mother's reaction to it, my partner's reaction to it. You know, she's a Yorkshire girl and just what she's gone through and, and, and the amount of time that I thought, like, why am I wasting my time, just, you know, heading to the football and all the, you know, the money I've spent on the club and, and you know, and, 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 and just to win that, when it was like, how good was it there? Still pretty tear to my eye, like, you know, like, how much I've invested in the club. Oh, it gets to me wrong, yeah. But, yeah, shit. So proud of them. Uh, you know, like, I, I remember being a basket case and rocking up to the footy and, you know, like, thinking, oh, yeah, we're not going to win today, but, um, you know, I, I still want to be there, yeah? And um, but where we've come from and where we are now, it's, it's excellent. And, and, you know, what? an unsung hero is like Simon Goodman. You know, like, I think a lot of the supporters would have been, you know, Negative towards him in the past, but wow, how good was he? Well, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant, Steve, and, and I'm wrapped for you, and I hear how much it means to you, and I'm grateful that you've rang up and shared that with us, mate, and um, I love that. I love the emotion and the pride and the passion and the relief, and yeah, it, it's a beautiful thing, so there's no shame in it bringing a tear to your eye, and um, hopefully it continues to do that if that sounds a bit strange but it'll it'll continue to mean something i mean i 
and again, I've been lucky that I've been a Hawthorne supporter, but I've known that in days where I've been feeling down and need a bit of a pep, oh, I just put on the third quarter of the 08 grand final or watch a bit of, you know, 89. Now, I, my that has is nowhere in any way, shape or form anywhere near like what it must mean for, for D's fans who have been waiting a lifetime, literally a lifetime. But I know the feeling of, of how it can give you a lift, the lift it can give you, the emotional investment in it. Um, and, and that's the beauty of sport and, and what it does for us and what it does to us. Um, it's hearts and minds, hearts and minds. Craig's in Mount Martha. G'day, Craig. G'day, Sam. How you going? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. I haven't been listening that long, but um, if you're a caller just tuning in, you could be uh, forgiven for thinking that that previous caller may have been a doggy supporter. So uh, the highs and lows of um, of uh, sport, hey, it's, it's quite amazing. Yeah, good on him. So, um, yeah, it's uh, where the, the heart and the sleeve. That's great. Listen, um, I don't know whether much has been spoken about this, but um, uh, I, I was quite taken back um, halfway through the last quarter. You know, I was enjoying the game and... Uh, I was sitting on the fence as a bomber supporter and um, my 17-year-old son said, um, hey, Dad, I'll tell you, it's made a difference. The umpires uh, have done a really good job tonight, haven't they? And, you know, we're all used to everyone bagging out the umpires and the whole lot. Well, I, I sort of uh, gathered my thoughts. I thought, well, they, they, they've either been... Um, they've either had the mics taken off them or just the weight of numbers with the way that the game ebbed and flowed up until, you know, three-quarter time sort of thing. It was, it was almost like they had a, a mask on and they couldn't talk or they weren't speaking or they they were neutral as they should be, in my opinion. So good on you, umpires. Good on you, boys. You did a terrific job. There you go. Uh, well done, Craig. Yeah, they, they, I, I thought that as well. I, I thought the umpiring was fantastic. There's a couple of decisions that you thought, geez, that... That, that could have gone a different way, but there was only one or two of them, and I think in the end they cancel each other out. Oh, I haven't had a look at how many free kicks were paid. Um, I don't know if we really need to, um, but I think you're right. Big tick for the umpires. They did a fantastic job. I I do think the one thing the AFL needs to um, try and just have a little uh, chat about amongst themselves as to why there wasn't a score review called for um, Max Gorn's uh, point that, well, the angle I've seen, the two angles I've seen, it looked like a goal. But, look, it didn't come back to bite them in the end. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. And, and as we've always said on this show, that the game doesn't come down to just one umpiring decision. But, yeah, why do we have the review if not to call for it, especially in those moments? That's probably that's probably the only thing that you would that you would have to, to complain about. But we want to try and be uh, a little bit positive tonight, given all that it means one three hundred seven three six seven three six. There's a heap of text that I haven't got to yet. Um, and Todd Viney spoke today, uh, and I'm going to play a little bit of that for you um, as we're hearing from some of the Melbourne greats that have been on the station. Gary Lyon, obviously, on breakfast this morning, David Neitz was with Dwayne, and uh, Todd Viney uh, spoke to Trade Radio today. So we'll hear from uh, him next on Time On. But keep sending through your text, 0433 98 11 16, uh, and keep calling one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Time On, SEN. Oh, it's been amazing. Um, you know, it's been such a long time coming. Uh, you know, a lot of work's gone into trying to rebuild and um, get the club to that position by a lot of people. So when it eventually happens, it's sort of, uh, it's been just slowly washing over us, you know. It's been amazing. You expect that you're going to break down and cry, but, um, you know, I certainly haven't and my wife haven't, but there's certainly moments where all of a sudden I'm, you know, driving in the, driving along and all of a sudden it will hit me, you know, and you get a bit, you know, a few tears starting to well up in the eyes. But it's been a strange feeling, but it's starting to really sink in. 
Uh, Melbourne great Todd Viney on Trade Radio today. Uh, obviously, son Jack was enormous uh, in his performance for the D's in that win on Saturday night as well. And there is something in that, isn't there? In the, in the D's and the Dogs win in 2016, the, the, the fathers of the sons getting to see their sons do what they weren't able to um, would be a really emotional, I would think would be a highly emotional part of it as well. And, and the Bulldogs went through that, obviously, you know, Hunter and Liberatore and um, and then now for, for Todd Viney to see to see Jack go through it. Is really, that's, that's, the father-son rule is one of the, the greatest parts of our game. It is truly unique to our sport. And that's it at its best, isn't it? That's it in, in everything you want. I mean, obviously, it's one thing to have a legacy of, you know, the, the father won premierships, the son won premierships, but when it can stay in the family and you can see your son or daughter do for your club what you weren't able to do and hope to do, I just that's that's a magnificent part of our game. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Some great texts that have been coming through. Just before I get to them, um, so well done to Jack McRae who ended up claiming the Gary Ayres Medal. Um, in the end, the votes, um, he finished on 25 votes. Obviously, they played five finals, the Dogs. Petrarca, two points behind on 23. Uh, just goes to show you how dominant he got. He got the 10 votes, by the way, uh, on grand final day, as you'd expect. Um, but he finished on 23. Clayton Oliver on 19. Bailey Smith, 17. Marcus Bontempelli and Max Gorn uh, on 11. And the coaches' votes for grand final day, 10. Petrarca, 8. Fritch, 5. Oliver, 3. Daniel, 2. Salem, 1. Bontempelli and Brayshaw. Uh, and the other story today um, from a club point of view is James Kelly, uh, three-time premiership cat, 313 games. Um, he's gone back. To, he's going back to Geelong as an assistant coach. Obviously, they've lost a few premiership greats um, in Matty Scarlett and also, and my mind's just gone blank. Isn't that annoying when your mind does that? Um, Corey Enright. That was the other uh, one. That was the other premiership player that uh, has left the assistant coaching ranks of the Cats. Well, James Kelly uh, is going back um, to Geelong, which is good news for the category. Uh, a few of the texts coming through, Sam. These emotional calls are sending shivers down my spine and nearly making me tear up. I'm a Tigers supporter. Have been through all that pain prior to the 2017 flag and was on a high for six months after it. The Melbourne community as a whole deserve it. Well done. Enjoy it while it lasts because the Tigers will be back fitter and stronger next year. Go Tigers! Long-time Melbourne member, 2008, 52 points down against Frio halftime and said to my eight-year-old daughter, second game, come on, let's go home. She said, no, Dad, we can still win. You should have seen her Saturday. Wow. Um, hi, Sam. We sat in section 123, row 14, which was exactly behind Max looking over his shoulder at the goalpost. Definitely a goal. We were as shocked as he was. That was from Loris and Tracy from Perth. Thank you for that. Um, off the text as well. The fourth quarter was a poo-poo, Sam. Other than that, it was a great final. Uh, that's from Alex. Dean says 12-goal thrashing, 50 points in the last quarter. Amazing. Congratulations to Melbourne. Ron Barassi, Neil Danaher and Hillary from Croydon. Uh, yeah, rap for Hillary and Croydon um, as well. Um, I'm a Tigers fan. I lived through the ten year, through the lean years, and I wanted the D's fans to experience what I've experienced in recent years, and I agree. We want the Saints fans to experience. I think I read that one before from, from Mark. Um... Michael Hibbard, B 
best and worst story. A premiership won't bring back a brother, but he deserves it after the Essendon saga as well. That's from Mortimer at Cranbourne North. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anyone that wouldn't be really happy for, for Michael Hibbert after such a painful uh, couple of years for him. Uh, and there's a heap of texts that have come through as well that I haven't been able to get to, but thank you for sending all of those through. Um, off the text, temper a mattress like no other. And what other words we can somehow find to exactly describe that 40 minutes of footy from Melbourne? Uh, one says magnificent. The other one says, is it PlayStation or Xbox? Yeah, they went into computer game mode, didn't they? Hey, Trade Evenings is up next. Uh, we're going to turn our attention to everything Trade Week. We'll be back after this. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.